What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. So I had this realization that there's a topic that I think would be very helpful, but I also got behind on questions. So I'm trying to figure out how to fit this topic in in the next week or two and also get caught up on the questions. But I thought it might be helpful to share some insights about family and holidays. Now, parenting can be stressful enough, but you add in traveling and the dynamics of extended family, and I don't know about all of you, but I think most of us have some less than healthy family dynamics somewhere in the mix. So I think some tips on how to navigate those at this time of year could be really helpful. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday that's here in the United States. But if you had any family discord, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But we have some other holidays that are coming up. So I want to get that slipped in somewhere, somehow, in the next episode or two. Also, I just want to quickly mention, if you're interested in trying out the classes free for seven days, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial. The free trial gives access to all of the classes. The only limitation is that you won't get any personalized parenting answers from me during the free trial period. So if you've been thinking about trying the classes, you can choose from the three membership options with the free seven-day trial, yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial. The first question from today is from Lynette, who's struggling with some disrespectful behavior from her four-year-old. Her question is pretty long, so I'm going to see what I can do to paraphrase some of it, but there's a lot of great detail that really helps to understand this question, and also one I think that a lot of parents who have toddlers and preschoolers can really understand. She says, Erin, thank you so much for the work you do. I really appreciate your dedication to best practices in the home to bring about the best results for productive, respectful, and responsible children. Your classes help me to understand my kids better and have more ideas on how to approach difficult issues that come up in our home. I'm desperate for guidance with my four and a half year old that has brought me to irritation, frustration, anger, and tears more lately than I would like to admit. I am writing you in a particular moment of desperation that may well describe how things have been going lately. The scenario, which occurred after two errands and the last errand ended with tears and a meltdown on a 10-minute drive home when I said no to toys at the store and he persisted, whining, crying, he didn't get what he wanted. Also, when we arrived home, another meltdown about not being able to ride his bike after his poor behavior on the drive. 
My son wanted to open a new whiteout dispenser that we just bought at the store. I allowed him to do so and showed him how it works and guided him to use it briefly and carefully with my supervision. When I needed to move on to another task and I allowed him to try it, I asked him to stop using it and put it down because it's not a toy and I don't want it to break. He continued to play with it, but I back off for a minute, allowing him to have a moment to make the right decision and allow myself to cool down. I look away while wrapping presents for a family member and see that he has broken the new whiteout dispenser after trying to pull the whiteout incorrectly. I admit I likely did not handle the situation the best as I was frustrated that the replacement I just bought was broken. He handed me the dispenser and asked if I could fix it. Like the last one my younger son broke, I could not fix this. I told him he broke it like his brother did and I was very frustrated and this was the reason I asked him not to play with it. He quickly grabbed the wrapping paper I was working with and I tried to take it away from him. He has a habit of grabbing things out of people's hands without asking, so I told him he may not have the wrapping paper and made an effort to take it back. He resisted and it became a literal tug of war with the wrapping paper roll. I pulled it out of his hands and then he began to throw a fit. I tried to take him to a time in. He refused and tried to kick me. When I made an effort to pick him up, to sit with him in a chair, to have a discussion with him, he then became more aggressively and dramatically resistant, kicking, hitting, screaming. I knew he was not in a place to talk, so I tried to restrain him as safely as possible, him sitting facing outward on my lap while I held his hands and wrapped his arms around his body. Of note, while I was restraining him, I noticed that we, he was kind of laughing and screaming, almost like it was a kind of fun challenge for him to try to escape my restraint. He continued to try to kick and was screaming, and with his brother napping upstairs, I carried him downstairs and continued to try to hold him so he could not hit me. When we got downstairs and I realized the approach likely wouldn't calm him, and so I explained his hitting and kicking hurt and told him clearly that he may not come back upstairs unless he would stop. Of course, as soon as I walk up the stairs, he follows me. Thinking his antics are in part an effort to get attention, I tried to seclude myself in the bedroom and tried to let him calm down. I sat myself down to email you behind an open closet door and then he kicks the door so the door hits me on the other side. I moved away from the door so he doesn't kick the door again and proceed to write this email. He sits right next to me and calms down and starts asking me for a snack. I tell him I will get him one after I finish. Now he is in another room starting to play independently and distracted and beyond his aggression. I am still angry. I feel this was definitely a power struggle and I feel like he won. I'm having a hard time coming up with natural, logical, appropriate consequences. Today's proceedings have occurred after one of the worst weeks I've had with him when traveling to California. The trip entailed a 12-hour drive each way and staying with four different friends and family members for two to four days and night increments, no school, no schedule, no routine. I know this is a lot of change and inconsistency for a four and a half year old. I also admittedly clearly recognized I overdid it on the first two days of the trip with the toys, snacks, and treats in an effort to keep kids happy on the 12 hour drive. I suspected a big part of the trouble began after those first two days of spoiling relative to our home routine, and I clearly noticed an attitude of entitlement, ingratitude, expecting every toy, treat, snack for the remainder of the trip. Him getting a no response to the treats, toys, and snacks after the first two days began a series of very dramatic meltdowns, fits, tantrums, beyond control. The issues I'm hoping for help with include, he ignores me for the early request to complete a task, like put down the whiteout. He takes things from others disrespectfully without asking, which I have tried to train and coach on. 
When I exert more effort to discipline with things like a time in, he becomes more angry, resistant, and aggressive. When he becomes more resistant, we have a tendency to continue to escalate consequences to the point that when we returned home from this trip recently, he lost the privilege to have his toys until he can earn them back. Of note, he was able to keep his comforting items, educational things like coloring, writing, painting, puzzles, and books. Also of note, it has now been three to four days since I took his toys away, and this morning his behavior was helpful and respectful, so he earned one of his favorite cars back. I have not felt he has been deserving of getting back more, especially after an afternoon like this. When he has had so many losses, then it seems he begins to identify as a bad kid and models his behavior more consistently. I see him trying to exert his power with me in these power struggles, and he then seems to model his power struggles with his younger brother, wanting to be in charge and taking things away from his younger brother and pretending to discipline him. I do feel things have become more punitive lately than I would like, yet when I back off, then I feel like I'm letting him get away with things like hitting or kicking, and then he quote-unquote wins. I am feeling very defeated, partly by him and partly by my own internal anger, irritation, and frustration when I feel so disrespected by my own young child. Desperately discouraged, yet hopeful for answers. Lynette. Now, I like this question for several reasons. First is, we can all relate to this, right? We can all relate to this series of events, whether it takes place over several days or over several hours, where things just continually spiral down and we find ourselves in a place where we don't want to bow out in such a way that we send the message that it's okay to be disrespectful or misbehave because we're afraid if we do, it will make it worse and next time our child will really walk all over us. But we can tell it isn't going well either and that the more that we dig in, the more our child digs in, the more negative emotion we are now not just sharing, but we're spreading and growing between the two of us. And so we feel damned if we do and damned if we don't. The other reason I like it is it's different than what I usually get, a lot of detail of one of these situations that escalates to a point where we're just trying to set some boundaries and expectations for behavior. But instead of things resolving, they just kind of keep keying up to a point where we just feel stuck. So I'm sure this has happened to pretty much every single one of us. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, it's likely in your future. So be ready. And I actually talk about this in the email series that I send out about how I had that timeout situation that just escalated. And my two-year-old son, now my oldest son, who's now almost 11, he was not listening at all. And we'd gotten to the point where I was chasing him down to get him into a timeout. Then not just sitting with him, but practically sitting on him to get him to stay there. I was exhausted. He was frustrated too. And yet at the same time, I think it was almost fun for him, like a game. And that is frustrating, right? When you feel like your child is not listening to you, they're being disrespectful, but on top of it, they're kind of having fun at your expense. That's a tough situation to be in. So that's when I realized things had to change for us because I felt he wasn't learning anything, best case, and worst case, I was doing more harm than good for our relationship and teaching him anything about better behavior. So with a question like Lynette's, now there is a lot to dig into here. There's a lot to unpack and there's just no way I can get to all of this. So when I get a question like this from a member, what I do is I send some tips for getting started. And so that's what I'm going to do today on the podcast. Send tips for getting started. We'll dig into the dynamics here a little bit and some tips to get started and some things to think about. But I also usually recommend in these types of scenarios that if the parent is still struggling 
after getting these tips, and most will, because this is a there's a lot in here to unpack, that a coaching session works really well for this type of scenario because we can really dig in deeper, break it down step by step, and then I can give step by step instructions and tips and techniques of where parents can change the approach to turn these things around for a better outcome going forward. We can really break down what's going on. I can ask questions and we can really have a dialogue to get a much better picture and a deeper understanding and a solution that's very focused to the exchanges based on the child's temperament, their age, the family dynamics, the schedule, etc. Any of those things that play in, which they all do. So again, there's a lot to break down here, but we're going to start with the trip. These trips are always hard on everyone. They upset schedules, sleeping cycles, and just generally throw everyone off. Now, I'm not saying don't do them, but just be aware and ready and have some grace with yourself and your children when you do. Know that everyone is going to be off for several days upon returning home and even during the trip, especially towards the end if it's more than two or three days away from home. Routines, schedules, their own bed, the normal foods they eat, access to their toys. The trips often mean extended time out and about, super busy, visiting with people, going to different places, longer days, less rest and downtime, usually less nutritious foods, and so on. So just know this is probably going to upset the apple cart and everyone will be more on edge, just in general. At the end of the trip and are once arriving back home when they can let their guard down, they're probably going to be a little bit more ornery than normal. Now, Lynette, I don't know if it was so much about an entitlement that set in or if it was really just about being away from home and off the routine and all those other things were coming into play. And he just wasn't able to manage his emotions as well as he would normally. I mean, we all do that for car trips, right? We stop for food we normally wouldn't stop for, or at least more often than we normally would stop for it. We grab chips or candy at the gas station once or twice along the way, this type of thing. We all do this. We let go of the normal rules, the routines, the nutrition on those long road trips. They're on screen time more in the car than they would be at home. All these things are going to happen. It's just what you do to get through. I mean, veggies and hummus are only going to get the kids through so many miles. So a lot of this is about managing expectations first, both during the trip and then once you've arrived back home. And then some other things I'll get into as well. For the storm meltdown, so these are going to happen from time to time, especially after a busy, crazy trip or other occurrences that add stress to the family and or take the kids out of the routine. If they're sick, if they're tired, if they're more stressed than normal. You stuck to your boundaries. That was great. You need to give yourself a lot of credit for that. The next part is that you're accepting it. You're in the car on the ride home. He's screaming. He's yelling. You're accepting it. You're understanding why it happened. You're knowing it's probably likely due to the trip. So you're going to give yourself a break. You're going to give him a little bit of a break so that you're not winding up your anger. And this is all good for problem solving the next time. The next time you have a long, busy day, the next time you go on a trip, you're going to know that this is the type of behavior that is very possible. And so you're going to know that if I take my kids out on an outing after we get home from a vacation or a really long day at a theme park or something like that, it might not go well. So you're either going to decide to stay home or you're just going to kind of grin and bear it and know that it's coming so that you're just more ready for it. You want to keep yourself as calm as you can. You want to remind yourself that you did the right thing by not giving in and that his emotions in dealing with it are his. They're his responsibility. They're not yours. 
If you've worked with him on emotions, recognizing them and ways to calm himself, then he has the tools and he's just struggling in that moment because he's tired. He's still getting back to his routine. It lets you know that clearly you still have some work to do in this area because you can recognize that most of the time he does well, but when he's out of sorts, he's forgetting. And so you know you just need to keep working on this and he will get better. Even when he's super tired, as he gets older, he'll handle it better and better even when he's super tired. But my kids still at, they're nine and 10. And they sometimes, when they've had a long, hard day, they just have a hard time keeping it together. It's not so much the meltdowns anymore, the screaming and yelling, but there'll be a lot of tears around it. And kids just get tired and they just can't handle their emotions great on those days when they're really tired. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. The next recognition is taking responsibility for our part. Did I drag my kid out when he clearly needed a nap, but I thought we could get this one last errand done? Did I let him stay at the park? Did I let her stay at the park to try to be nice because she was having so much fun and now she's falling apart because 
I let it go too long. It's okay. This is a learning process. We can't possibly know every outcome every time. We learn and we do differently the next time, like with the whiteout. And we've all done something similar to this too. I actually have a picture on my Instagram page where my twins dumped an entire bag of Costco sized. And if you don't know Costco, it's a warehouse store. So everything is jumbo sized. It's like four times the size of a regular bag of veggie straws. They dumped them all over the living room carpet. I left the bag out on the counter open and I took a few minutes too long in the bathroom. How dare I, right? And they had a heyday with it. But taking responsibility is really helpful in these situations because it means we can prevent it next time. I left the bag out. I left them for a few too many minutes. They got hungry and rather than bugging me in the bathroom, they took it upon themselves, which was so independent. (laughs) But when they tried to dump them out into their cups, their dexterity was not up to par. They were only one and a half or two at the time. But then I think seeing them dumped onto the floor was so fun. And of course there's two of them, so they feed off of each other, that they just kept going. And they probably had a great time laughing and giggling together. And I actually heard them out there. And I knew something was probably up, but I think I was just hoping for the best. Now with the whiteout, your fear was that he would break it. So you knew it was a high probability and his intention was not to break it. It wasn't meant to make you mad or see how you would react or to try to be disrespectful. It really was out of curiosity. And then of course things continued to escalate from there because he felt hurt that he really didn't mean to break it. And so then things just kind of continued to go up from there. Also, it's important to take a look at ourselves and our hot buttons. What are our hot buttons and why? So these can go back to childhood or really any time. But is there something about disrespect in particular that really gets to you? Is this jabbing at an old wound? Or is it simply a matter of managing the expectations again? Was there an expectation the behavior was going to be different and it wasn't? Or that he's just going to have more respectful behavior in general? And so that's the issue. If it is an old wound, it'd be really good to address that. What is that? Where does that come from? And how can you separate that from what's going on now so that you can see him as a very young person who really needs help and guidance in learning better ways of behaving, that how to act respectfully so that you can work with him in those ways, so that you can come from an angle of teaching and guiding and coaching and help him get into better habits and behaviors and understanding moving forward. So there are four main reasons why kids misbehave. So it's really important to look for the reason behind the behavior. This is how we fix it. Now these four reasons and several different ways to work through each of them can be found in the class on misbehaviors and solutions in the discipline section on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Now in this particular scenario, when I take a look at it and how it unfolded, what I see happening here is a revenge cycle, which is one of those four reasons. So when we look at this from the child's perspective, he was playing with the whiteout with a curiosity about how it works when he unintentionally broke it. Now he didn't realize he broke it at first. And when he found out, he likely felt bad. And I get that as a clue when he asked, can you fix it? He was hoping that he didn't do any permanent damage. He was thinking perhaps that maybe it couldn't be that easy to break. But as we know, children just have a way of manhandling things that can break them when they're really not meant for them. So he felt hurt when he was reprimanded. So we then acted out on that by grabbing at the paper. And then we see this just continues to ratchet up the situation. 
So let's take a step back and see where some of these things could change for a better outcome throughout this process. And there are several places along the way. There's many options. I want to take a moment here to discuss temperament. I want to take a time out here because knowing and understanding our children's temperament is really helpful when it comes to discipline exchanges, scheduling, homework, chores, really every facet of parenting and guiding our children because it gives a way to make decisions based on how our child is likely to act or react to these situations. Knowing how active, how persistent, how sensitive our child is to emotions, their rhythmicity, which is how closely they need to follow a schedule, among the five other traits can really help us navigate all of these situations. So this is why I keep saying I consider the class on temperament one of the most important classes I have for parents. It's understanding your individual child, your unique child, and ways to work with that in these discipline exchanges in the coaching, in the just daily life, helping them get through it. So in this case, as just one example, taking into account the child's persistence level, it sounds like this child may be fairly persistent. We know if our child is high in persistence, we know if we should allow our child to start an activity or try something in that moment. If we know our child is highly persistent, meaning he or she is unlikely to listen when we ask them to stop, especially if they're engaged or curious or interested in what they're doing, they're likely not going to stop very easily. So we can consider, is now the right time to do this? Do I have the time and the patience to work through this if he insists on keeping the whiteout or keeping at what he's doing or keep playing the game or keep watching the show or whatever it is or keep playing outside? If not, you want to opt to not go there in that moment. You can just avoid a lot of these situations from the get-go with knowing that, knowing where you are emotionally in that moment and understanding how your child is likely to react in that situation. If you think you, you are okay or the reaction will be okay, you can think ahead of time, what will I do when he persists, right? I've got a persistent child. I know he's likely to not listen when I ask. What will I do if he persists to let him know it's time to hand it over? So in this case, a consequence is probably the best way. Even setting it up ahead of time. This is not a toy, so you may look at it and try it. But when I ask for it back, you will need to hand it back. Can you do that? The child needs to fully agree. Yes, I can do that. Have the child repeat it. What will you do when I ask for it back? The child must say, I will hand it over. This way, the child has already practiced it in his mind. He is fully understanding what is expected. Now, what we practice in our minds, we are much more likely to actually do and follow through. You can then set up a positive or a negative consequence at that. I recommend the positive one if you can. Once you hand it, and you could say something like, once you hand it back, we can get going with our snack. Now, this is not a bribe. This isn't give it back and I'll give you candy. It's once we're done with this segment, we will move on to the next segment of our day that would have happened anyway. It's a positive logical consequence because it's something, it's positive because it's enjoyable. 
but it's logical because it follows the logic or the flow of the day. You can't eat your snack with whiteout in your hands, right? So that's logical. It's time to put that down, move on to the next thing. So once you finish with that, hand it over, we'll move on to snack. That's a logical positive consequence. It makes logical sense. You can also go with a negative consequence, either if the positive one isn't working or if you just set it up that way from the beginning. But it needs to be something that makes logical sense. It needs to match, which is sometimes hard to do in some of these cases, which is why the moving from segment to segment of our day, once we're done with this, then we can move on to this. Once you're done picking up your toys, we can go to the park. That type of thing makes that a lot easier than trying to find a negative one because it's all, not always easy to find something matching. But you could do something like, and as it's hard with the little, little kids, but with older kids and four and a half, you should understand this. But if you do not give it back when I ask, you will not be allowed to use it next time. Something like that. As they get older, they can understand more long term. Four and a half is probably about the lower end where you could use something like that. You could also use something like the very general miss out on something they like, right? They miss out on playtime or screen time, but those are really last resorts. We really don't want to be pulling those out all the time. And my kids are older, but I use this every once in a while. I still have to pull out the consequences, but I let them know. Again, they're older. They're nine, nine and almost 11, but I've been doing this with them for a little while where, especially my older one, because he has this thing where he doesn't want to listen sometimes. I put it in his court and I say to him, I really don't want to pull out a consequence. I think that you're beyond that, but if I have to, I will. But I would appreciate it if you would just do what I ask right now. And I literally like never have to do that consequence anymore. I never have to pull the consequence out. And I always have it ready. It's usually the screen time with him because that's what he likes, that he has to do his stuff before he does the screen time. Or if he gets on without asking, he has to get off immediately, finish up his other chores and activities and things that he didn't do empty his backpack that type of thing before it can get back on but if he's not complying then he knows that that consequence is going to be he's off the rest of the day or he's off for a couple days especially if he throws a fit and he knows it's not going to go well so there are a lot of other points along the way where i could dig into this and i could give tips on how to turn them around but this is a really in-depth question with a lot of nuances a lot of different points in there where we could really get in and talk about what happened here here and here and the ways to get that turned around but that would take a long time to walk through them all and there's just so many different ways so many different things so many different things to think about and so that's why with like the foundation and the classes like temperament, misbehaviors and solutions, focus on the positive. I cannot emphasize enough how helpful it is to make focusing on the positive a daily practice. It makes such a difference just in the behavior in general. Setting this foundation in the younger years with solid communication, connection, expectation, setting up respectful communication and ways of relating will reap huge benefits and results and will set the family up for a lot of success during the elementary school years when kids have this potential to blossom into their own unique ways and person. And they begin to grow in maturity, independence, responsibility to be ready for the next stage to go as smoothly as possible because it can be a little rough when you get to adolescence. So having each of these stages set up well and strong and you're well on your way to raising an amazing young person. And I did feel that for parents who want this, having this information at their fingertips and access to getting additional questions answered when the classes don't quite answer their scenario or they aren't quite sure how to put it all together, they can send me a question and I felt like this would be the best way to 
really help parents raise their kids the way they wanted to, to be these amazing people that they're capable of becoming. Now, I do realize that when all of this is new, it does take practice. Parenting is unfortunately something that many times does need to be very intentional. With the practice, a lot of this becomes second nature. It really does. Learning exactly how to approach your child in some of these situations. You can start to see things keying up or see where they might. You can read your own emotions. You know when you need to pull your own emotions back. It's also what the class, the Peaceful Parenting classes is for, is helping get to work on your own emotions in those moments. But with practice, a lot of this really does become second nature. We learn our kids and we know, boom, we go right to, I know how to handle this situation. I know how to talk to him about this. I know how to help us deflate the situation. Changing our approach a few habits at a time will yield these results in a very short period of time and make this whole experience much more enjoyable for parents and children. Again, to join with the free seven-day trial membership with access to all the classes, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial. Again, yourvillageonline.com slash free dash trial. Now, I know I haven't shared our family stories in the last few episodes, but knock on wood, things are still going smoothly around here. We're in constant flux like everyone, but it's all good stuff. We're actually working on our athletic endeavors again at the end of the year when we should be winding down. (laughs) I have my next race, uh, 70.3 which means 70.3 miles, the half Ironman, is this Sunday. It's my last one for the year, obviously, or I hope so. I'm hoping to redeem myself after that terrible run performance in Boulder, but really, I'm just looking to enjoy the day and see how well my training has paid off. Now, this is the same race I did last December. Even though I said I'd never do that one again, the water was so cold. I'm just not someone who does well in the cold. And it's measuring 55 degrees right now. Again this year, the water is. So my hope is to keep moving through the swim and not let the cold get to me like I did last year and to finish it about 12 minutes faster than I did last year. The swim portion and then the entire race quite a bit faster, but we'll see. I'm just going to go out and have fun. My oldest has qualified for four events as a 10-year-old in the Winter Age Group Championships for swimming the 50 free, the 100 fly, the 50 and the 100 back, which takes place the following weekend after my race. He also made the A relay team for both the 200 freestyle relay and the medley relay for the first time since he's returned to swimming a little over a year ago. So this is really, really exciting. And in February, he's going to age up to the 11 and 12s and those kids get super fast. So it's going to just keep continuing to get more competitive for him. But he's really enjoying it. He's really committed, having a great time. So really excited to enjoy this next meet with him. So we do have some fun stuff coming up for our family. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.